0: So, Chelsea, I think you had a, a pretty good story about some furries from from Pittsburgh and how how real and uh, serious they take their, their roles yeah, so this past I don't, weekend.
1: I certainly, I don't know if any of our listeners are furries or know anything about furries, so if, if I'm wrong, please let me know. But I was in Pittsburgh this weekend, and there was a furry convention, and Pittsburgh has the largest furry convention in the country. Um, which is something in and of itself. But I received the same story that I will, I need to caveat, that they were very friendly. They were waving and talking to people. The two that we met in the elevator were really nice in the lobby of the hotel. They stopped, they told us, like, you know, we asked about the costumes. The one guy told me that he's got, like, a whole cooling system built into it. Wow. And he's a deer, and he's got these big antlers. And he said, like, he's like, you know, when I'm out of costume, it's weird. I walk through doorways, and I lean down and people look at me so maybe that's like our key indicator of like people who might be furries in real life or like short people who duck through doorways <laughs> <laughs> because i was like you know who are these people by day right like are they there's just got to, is there's, like computer there's programmers probably, there's probably and, a
0: netflix documentary in the works right now like furries by day yeah, like but they that. were they
1: were super friendly. Um like I said, they they were talking about like how they I forget you were you were saying they they have like their own names or whatever. So like the one we were talking about his name was like Rodak or Roak or something like that. But he said that they know each other only by their gamer tags or whatever and I was like is there a furry video game I don't know I don't think yeah, so I wonder what so. that
0: gamer tag like I wonder is this just from discord like a furry channel or yeah. like a, I, don't I know.
1: have no idea like some kind of you know like forum I don't I don't know the lingo right. these days um but he said like when you go visit like a he's like you know we want to see our friend at a hotel and they say like oh yeah we're at the Marriott downtown and you get there and you're like um what room is like you know Bart228 in, but they don't know their real names, so then they have to, like, find, like, text them and find, like, reach out to figure out these people's real-life names and not just their gamer tags. Um, but the Uber driver, both to the hotel and back out of the city, told the same story. And these are
0: two different Uber drivers. Two
1: different Uber drivers. That'd be crazy if I got the same Uber driver. I've never had the same Uber driver.
0: I don't think I have. The
1: same, like, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, said that some of the furries... Um, are so in character that they fill up the bathtub. Like, if there's a cat, and they fill up their bathtub with kitty litter, and they do their business in the bathtub, like, in the kitty litter. <laughs> and I was like, well, then how do they shower? Like, what's the... Do they, they can't leave that there because they'll be fine. Like, we're trying to put some rhyme or reason for it, but it happened both stories. was both Uber drivers. says, like, that is the urban myth of furries, but then... My one friend from college, who stayed in that hotel, sent us a picture the next day of a guy pushing a bell cart that was filled with, like, Sam's Club, like, you know, big plastic, like, tubs of kitty, <laughs> kitty litter all, like, just lined up on a bell cart. So, that's... So, we were like, I guess it is true.
0: I take it seriously. They don't mess around.
1: That's like a light, you know, it's not, that's just like, you... That's your persona. That's your your deal.
0: Yeah. So that was the story that I <laughs> wanted to hold until um, we got we got on air here. Um, so anyway, there's a third person with us, <laughs> He's with not us a furry. today who is not a furry. Oh, and also this is the our movie. this is our first episode back um, from our two week summer break. So Chelsea and I had a good time and our respective trips to DC, Boston, Pittsburgh, and all throughout the the east coast and midwest but
1: also we took a two week summer break that we didn't tell you about yeah
0: that we didn't you know we made no mention <laughs> of we just we didn't post any episodes and that was it so we, we're back though and we meant, we meant to yeah really did anyway we're back and we have a guest with us um i think you've heard us talk about him on the podcast before and i know he's listened to a couple himself um that's andrew anthony from down the down the road productions so andrew thank you for being with us today thanks for having me uh, yeah of course <laughs> Um, so I guess we should start off by, um, you can tell us a little bit about yourself and, and your background. And I know, so for those of you who don't know, Andrew does film and, and video. Uh,
2: sure. Uh, well, first I would like to lead off with Chelsea to follow up your story. Um, <laughs> I, have you ever seen the movie Mascot? It's a Netflix movie. No. So you should check it out. Um, Christopher Guest—I don't know if you know yeah. who he is—who I, I, who I think you best would love. Big Show yes. and uh, Waiting Tap. for Gup, yeah, Guffman, Guffman, Spinal Tap. He uh, did a Netflix movie called uh, Mascots, okay. and they Literally. discuss the furry um, population and have all the terminology and people who are mascots. And obviously, it's a mockumentary, but it's fantastic. Okay. Uh, so you should check that out. Yeah, I love <laughs> yeah. Christopher Guest stuff,
1: so I'm so I'm pretty excited about that.
2: Yeah. Check that out. Um, well, thank you guys very much for having me. Um, yeah, yeah no, it's, uh, it's great to be here. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, I guess, uh, to tell you a little bit about my background, I grew up in the Star County area, um, just east of Canton, um, much like every other kid here kind of played sports and, you know, had friends from a very young age that I still keep in contact with now and, um, uh, kind of grew up in this age where, uh, I guess television was pretty prevalent, and movies were a pretty big part of my life, um, and uh, just kind of fell in love with those at a young age. I still remember uh, going to a drive-in movie with my mother like at age, I don't know, three, and mm-hmm. seeing a double feature of uh, The Jungle Book cartoon okay. and The Toy with uh, Richard Pryor, Pryor and um, Jackie Gleason and I think Scott Schwartz. Uh, and just, you know, kind of losing myself in this world, seeing E.T. in the theater at like a very young age, and, um, you know, just kind of started there. I didn't take a traditional route um, growing up. I never thought I'd be a part of a film industry or anything like that, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, just always had a love for film, so uh, got out and worked a few jobs uh, before moving to New York.
0: Yeah, so tell us about, that's kind of the next question on the list, and I've talked to you about New York a little bit um, in our time working on projects together. Um, for those of you who don't know, Andrew's done a couple projects um, with me at Rentware, and then back at the Carter with both Chelsea and I when we were there as well. Um, but so, did you just decide, you know, I wanted to get into film, and the best way to do that is to move to New York, or, or what kind of happened there?
2: <laughs> it, it's kind of a funny story. I, I <clears throat> it was December, and I was of. 2004 and i was getting ready to graduate from college and an old high school coach of mine who i just happened to be on the phone with he said so you're going to graduate what are you going to do i said i have no idea yeah i have this degree in communications i have no clue he said you need to talk to my friend in new york he works in the film business and um i think he may be able to give you some direction or maybe you can work with him i don't know right and uh, i said okay and he said well here's his number give him a call so i gave him a call and he called me back and uh Probably didn't know why I was calling him, just, you know, talk to this kid. And uh, he said, hi, Andrew, nice to meet you over the phone. Uh, Let me have it. And so I kind of told him, like, you know, don't really know what I'm going to do, but, you know, I've always loved film. And we had about an hour-long conversation just chatting about film and work and being young growing up in Ohio. And I got off the, the phone and still really didn't have a clue, but... Over the next uh, six years, you know, it kind of like started to seep in. I started working on like my own projects on my own. Mm -hmm. Uh, I made three like documentaries that took a huge amount of time while working a regular job and um, made some like spec commercials. And after every single one of these things, I would send them to, uh, his name is uh, Jeff Madoff. He lives in New York uh, and owns Madoff Productions. I'd send him this work and um you know sometimes he'd write me back sometimes he wouldn't right. he'd give me criticism right and uh made trips to new york and uh i turned 30 back in 2010 and uh i was dating my now wife at the time and i said look i'm i'm turning 30 i need to know if this is going to go somewhere because um you know i'm i'm going to leave mm-hmm. <laughs> essentially right and give this a try cuz I don't want to get to the end of my life and say, you know, I didn't at least give it a shot. Mm -hmm. You know, I've really come to love making my own films. I've come to love the creativity behind it. I don't know what I'm going to do when I'm going to get there, but, you know, I'm going to go. Right. And so uh, she said, okay, and started applying for jobs Mm -hmm. and um, ended up obtaining a job with Barnes & Noble Corporate. And uh, in three weeks, we rented our house here in North Canton, uh, flew up there found an apartment, told our families, packed up everything we had that we could take, and moved. Wow. And I started an unpaid internship at age 30 with a guy that I had met maybe two or three times. He did say, Jeff did tell me, you know, you can, we have enough work, you can come and, and do whatever on set, do this, that, run, get coffee, whatever, um, you know, but uh, that, that's what we've got right now. So, and that's kind of how it started uh, to get there. So how did you then work your way up? I mean, Well, it, it, you know, the one thing that Jeff had told me um, prior to getting to New York was, and I think this is good for anybody who is in the business world, is um, people keep people around who are assets to a company. Mm-hmm. And if you're not an asset, what are you doing there? And so there were times when I got there and there was just nothing to do um, just because we may have been in between the shoot or there wasn't a lot going on. And I was cleaning out electrical closets Mm -hmm. or I was cataloging videos that maybe have been done a year before and really didn't need anything, but just things to like continually like show that I was interested. I tried to like be a sponge and just soak everything up. Um, and so I, after about two months, uh, the on staff coordinator, um, She had to go away, I think her father was ill, he had like some sort of brain trauma thing in Arizona, and um, I had to fill in for her, and literally was, you know, two months in, still knowing not much of anything, because at the time I was doing a lot of runs, I was, you know, ordering equipment, packing up equipment, um, learning, doing some editing... And um, he said, well, she's got to leave, but we've got the Ralph Lauren fashion show coming up, so I need you to, like, dub discs, I need you to mail things out, I need you to, like, coordinate the crew, I need you to do all these
0: things. Oh, man. Ralph Lauren fashion show, too. I mean, it's not like...
2: (laughs) (laughs) And I just kind of thought, okay. um, I will say a lot of what Jeff threw me into, which I think was good for me, uh, was a lot of baptism by fire. Yeah. You'll figure it out. Okay. You had to <laughs> had to there was no other no other options, so right. what happened was um we went through that period and got through it very well, and um he sat me down just unprompted and said, "You know, you are really doing a great job, and you proved something to me with this, so we'll hire you on as a full time p a and I think I was making like three hundred dollars a week mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and was, in New York, that's like
0: homelessness <laughs> it was yeah, it was almost paying the rent, yeah um." <laughs>
2: But I said okay, it's better than zero, right? So I um, I did that for about five months.
1: What's a PA for anyone who? May oh, be- sorry,
2: a production assistant. So basically, that I was me. I didn't almost know. doing the exact same thing, <laughs> but now I was just getting paid. I yeah. was still packing up gear. I was still lugging gear around. I was still getting coffee. I was still, you know, doing tasks that you know were more laborous. Yes, yeah, interny almost. Yeah. yeah. So um, so I did as I did that as a production assistant and. Um, at the time, my my prior job before leaving for New York, I was working for a marketing company in, in North Canton. Uh, at that time, it was right after the crash, and people were not paying their bills on time, and I was doing sales, so I only got paid when the client paid. Mm-hmm. And at the time that those checks were running out, um, the on-staff coordinator left, and so I ended up um, taking over her position. He brought other people into interview. Jeff Mm -hmm. said, you know, I just want to check other things out. And I think he interviewed about 10 people. He said, but in the end, you know this company, you know the procedures, we're going to give you the job. And uh, I thought, okay, that's cool. So then I had an actual salary, uh, moved up into another position there as a production manager. But um, after about two and a half, two and three quarter years, I was finding a lot of our business was with Victoria's Secret and Ralph Lauren. Sky Vodka, Godiva chocolates, a lot of lifestyle brands and fashion. Yeah, um, it wasn't that I wasn't being creative or anything like that, but it was like I wanted a, I wanted a different challenge for myself, yeah. and so decided to go freelance at that particular point in time.
0: Yeah. So, what are some of the more? I mean, after you made it, so to speak, what are some of the more fun or like proud moments or stories that you have from New York working on some of those bigger shoots, whether it was at, yeah. at that company or when mm-hmm. you went freelance?
2: Yeah, I think it was any time that I could get a little bit more creative or figure out more problems. Um, it would be cool, like, some of the tasks at Madoff Productions, it was like, we need to figure out a, a song that we're going to actually license, not from a stock library house, but, like, an actual artist. Yeah. But it's got certain criteria, and I think uh, for this one Victoria's Secret web commercial, I think I literally spent three straight work days on YouTube just watching music videos listening to music um just clicking through until we actually found a song and then to watch that like be a part of the actual edit and like and be able to license it right was just incredible so um, are
1: you like was this like just a random youtuber who had their own channel like did you kind of make a name for that person then in that respect or was this like youtube stock stock like music that you can kind of
2: it was. Um, I did it twice. Um, the first one was with, uh, and I'm totally blanking on the the young lady's name. I cannot remember. But the second one we did was for the Victoria's Secret credit card, and it was a an artist named Kitty, hmm. who probably nobody knows. But it it fit. Um, we tried to use nina simone for an edit as well mm-hmm. um but it was like one hundred fifty thousand dollars to use the track oh. <laughs> so they came back and they were like you know we'll give you this much money and the the rights owners of that song you know they still said no wow
1: that's wow. like the most exciting thing for me is when like an obscure song that you like i remember in college there was a band that i liked called pizzicato five and they were japanese and there was a commercial for they had a, the song was called Baby Love Child, which sounds like a really gross name that for a song crazy. now. But there was this perfume called True Love. I don't even remember. Maybe Elizabeth Arden. I can't remember, like, who made the commercial. But, like, I remember the first time sitting there and watching this commercial and then, like, hearing this Fitzgott 5 song. I was like, wait a minute. what?" This is, like, random song that I got from... My roommate at the time worked at the radio station at the school. So that's, like, she would just get these obscure CDs because it was the 90s. And so she was like, oh, this one's cool. We should listen, you know, like... I liked it,
2: so... It's pretty neat. It's pretty neat to hear, like, a song you hear, like, in a store or something like mm-hmm. that, and then kind of, like, oh, what is that? Now you have Shazam, so you can, like, figure yeah. out what right. it is. It actually wasn't Kitty. It was Kitten was the name of the artist. Um, and it was neat because the song almost sounded like it was made for a credit card. It was talking about, like, a lifestyle and things like that. Hmm. And, and Victoria's Secret came back and said, where did you get this? Yeah. not having known I spent three days looking for this particular song. (laughs) Blood, sweat, and tears. literally, (laughs) like my eyes are bleeding at this point um, from listening to not good music for so long. Right. um, You know, (laughs) things like that. uh, You know, working with really great talent was always cool. Um, I got a chance to work with, and again, it's, you know, anytime you make something that's in business or art, it's it's always a collaborative. So Mm -hmm. to work with people like Darius Kanji, who shot Seven, um, to work with him multiple times with Victoria's Secret as well as for Calvin Klein. To watch somebody like that work and be a part of that is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it's way cooler than working with Michael Bay. <laughs> um just because of the type of person right. that each of them are okay um you know working with uh the lonely island and saturday night live mm-hmm. um working on saturday night live you know it's iconic right yeah. and being in those offices where they've probably not changed out much of the furniture and right. redecorated and to see the pictures on the wall um you know to meet the lonely island and realize that they're pretty cool guys like they're yeah. just like regular people you know right like, they turn it on for the camera
0: right um i get that vibe from andy sandberg i think that he's like relatively normal dude yeah. like cool you can be friends with them <laughs> outside yeah. <of> them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: like he was very very chill um you know uh, fred armison was really cool really yeah i was he seems weird <laughs> seems a little like off center but was very very lovely nice yeah. guy um but but you know things like that were always really great um you know, working with great talent is always really a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it's better than the the alternative, which yeah. is working with really difficult people. Right.
0: And having crisis happen, uh, which seems to happen a lot. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm sure. So I, that kind of leads me. I don't know if that was on this list or not, but Kyle from the Carter Group asked us a question. And I, like I said, I can't. I'm trying to skim this list, and I don't know if it's on there or not. So this might be an improv. But he's like, ask him what it's like working with people. Who are difficult and don't want to be on film and like you know especially now when you're shooting like these little shoots for like rent wear or something and you know you have somebody who's just not good in an interview or like so what's that like versus like working with andy samberg
2: <laughs> yeah i mean again they're they're paid actors so they they understand it to right watch, to yeah. watch andy samberg do a music video and nail it and do it two times yeah you know like it's I mean, like that's, that's really why it's just why he's paid the big paid to
0: do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, versus no.
1: like the time when you weren't there, that wasn't with you it was I think it was I forget who it was but the Carter Group when we were doing that shoot for Kames, and we I felt so bad for this poor guy and he's like you know just a sales guy in the motocross department and like I mean he must have repeated the the three sentences it was so at one point we were just like I, this is it I don't think we're gonna be able to do anything with this <laughs> like. Were just It was just random pictures of, compl- you know, <laughs> slung together. did that guy
0: keep calling kids youths?
1: <laughs> uh, he said so. There was just so the many. Youth. I can't even yeah. remember That's how many bad hard. things. <laughs> like, it was just everything about it was. It was tough. It was like anything that that could have gone wrong. It was like, he was so close. And then at like the very end, you were like. Just as like that last sentence. And I'm like, it's three sentences and we wrote them for you. <laughs> you just have to say them.
2: <laughs> you know, it's um I guess again, working with, with really great talent is, is cool. It's better when they're friendly though. I'd yeah. almost rather work with somebody and you see that a lot more in the work in Ohio, is that you know, they're really trying. Yeah. Um, you know, they may not be good at the interview, but they're trying to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think we've both been on set together and seen that experience. Um, rather than somebody that's really difficult um, you know he's never going to hear this probably it would be great if he did but like you know I worked with James Spader on uh, like an MDC promo thing yeah he like didn't even want to be in the shot with his castmate
0: and he like wouldn't come out of the green room that he was in was he the one that was in the office for a season
1: I don't think I know who James Spader is he was in
0: the he's on the blacklist yeah he was in the office for a season after Michael left he was like the manager he was uh, Stefan pretty in pink
2: like mm-hmm. from years ago uh, we'll, I'll show you a picture yeah. of I'll afterwards. look him up you'll, 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 I don't know
1: anyone yeah. you'll it's okay. recognize I'm, I'm terrible
2: but, but like that was tough or like yeah. I said you know just working with really difficult talent if James Spader hears in- this
0: podcast we'll be we're a- yeah okay, that's great so that's, yeah uh, you know, gonna, I'll cross that bridge when we get to that we're going to tag
1: James <laughs> Spader and post about
0: it
2: but yeah I think you know working with talent the biggest thing you can do and I think it's whether it's a crew member or a uh, you know a person in front of the camera is just to make them feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, again, working with Victoria's Secret, if if you know a model is is new and young, especially, uh, that can be a very intimidating situation. And you mm-hmm. always need to be professional in those situations. Things can um, you know happen on set, or they may have to do a quick change. It's just being respectful of those situations, and. And just making everybody feel comfortable. And I think that's just good business in general, too, yeah. is, is making your clients feel comfortable and making the people that are working with you and the people you're working with comfortable.
0: Yeah. No, I think that, that makes a lot of sense.
1: So I you're in New York. Yeah. And now you're in Ohio. How'd that happen? <laughs> yeah, you're back.
0: So,
2: yeah. <laughs> Walk uh, us back here. Yeah. So um, it came to about the... The six-year mark, and I i found like um, some, there were, we're just running into a lot of situations where like rates were being cut a little bit as a freelancer, as well as um, days were getting shortened, and I felt like the stress level was just going through the roof, because you're still expected to do that same job, but with less resources. Right. Um, my wife, her office had moved from uh, Union Square to Times Square, so imagine Going to work and oh driving boy. through Times Square, and again you're taking the subway, but you're you feel like you're ruining a family photo every time you come out of the subway going to work. Yeah, like ah, <laughs> and you know people
0: are like, <laughs> so um, yeah, working in Times Square yeah. would be hell. The place is like my I love New York, but I hate Times Square, yeah. which I think is you know most people. Yeah, how they feel (laughs) the locals definitely do not like it very much you know you like those off the beaten places to go um
2: (laughs) and we were tired you know we were tired uh my mother at the time um unfortunately uh, i lost her this year she passed away but at the time she was was very ill and i thought it was time to be back closer to her a little bit um we had been in an apartment for six years it was they were all fairly small and we also wanted a dog Like we wanted things that kind of Ohio called to, um, Mm -hmm. smart thing we did was we never sold our house. We just rented it. So, uh, it was kind of an easy transition back. Um, and it was never like a question. Do I want to give this up? Uh, at this point in time, video is such a big thing everywhere Mm -hmm. for companies, for people, um, that I thought, well, this, this can be a go. So, uh, let's just, you know, when the lease is up, we'll, we'll move back. And, um, that's kind of what we did.
0: Nice. So then is that when you started down the road? Was that when you moved back to Ohio or is that when you were still in New York? I
2: started down the road in New York. Um, I made a short film in New York, um, in 2013 and that was kind of around the time when down the road started. And then I used that LLC just for, um, like going 1099 on jobs. So just filing that way. Um, but as far as like an actual production company outside of that short film, that's when it started was in 2016 when we you came back. back. Yeah. Is
1: there a meaning behind the name?
2: There is actually. Um, I've it's funny. Nope. <laughs> String
1: some words together. Yeah,
2: yeah whatever. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. Nobody really asked me that. Um, but I'm glad you did. It's actually the first documentary I made, uh, it was called down the road. Oh, so okay. yeah, so I was a runner in high school. You'd never know that now. But, um, you know, one thing we would always talk about is, like, as the season progressed, down the road we have to do this, down the road we have to do that. And I always thought it was, like, a metaphor for life, too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you're always thinking about that. Or when you're talking to clients, like, well, down the road we'll handle this. Right. You know. Um, and I think, you know, the road is kind of a journey. Mm-hmm. So everybody's got a journey that they're going on. Right. I think that's also why I love film and stories is you know we all have joy and pain and suffering and relief and and all these emotions and and each section of your own road is filled with those things and so it's kind of it's the name of the company but right. it's also i think uh kind of fits just like you know the meaning of life at least
0: to me yeah well that was more profound than i was expecting to get tonight yeah, so I thank like you that. yeah i like i like that a lot too it, it when as soon as you separated down the road from productions and it, then it started i was like oh yeah like we say down the road all the time like about whatever so yeah that makes a lot of sense so when you came back um you had you probably had a couple connections from your old sales job i know um obviously our buddy brent had had plenty of connections um uh, but what was the the key to getting customers from maybe a marketing perspective or just person to person um when you got back?
2: Yeah, uh that was uh, an interesting an interesting time. Um I I knew Brent, obviously, and did have clients, like you said, and so I reached out to some of them, uh, reached out to colleagues like Jeff and Patrick at the Karcher Group, mm-hmm. and uh, I had a couple customers, and I just said, look, I said, just let me come shoot something for free. I'm not going to charge you anything, but mm-hmm. I need something. I need something to like show that I'm back here, that I'm working, and... Uh, I had a few people that that took a chance, uh, made some mistakes, so I had to go back out and do more work than I anticipated. (laughs) But I wanted it to look good. I wanted it to to be something that they would be proud of, and I wanted it to be something that would showcase the direction that the company was headed.
0: Yeah, well, I think that's a great way to get... I mean, free samples are a great way to get customers in general, but, I mean, at your level, offering something of, at this point, what's so valuable in, in video creation is... I mean, that's a bold move, but it seems like it... Yeah. worked out for you cotton um <laughs> i will say though i mean having worked with you i know we
1: have worked together a couple of times but i've seen you in action and i have mentioned just like your attention to detail oh that yeah i've yeah. seen you so good. shoot the same thing which to me i'm like oh it looks the same to me every time <laughs> um but you have that eye and you have that gift and i don't have that gift um i'm not a visual like person in general so um i I appreciate that, and you know when you recognize talent and, and things. When somebody has a skill that I don't, I'm always in awe of it, and I always kind of watch to see what it, is, you know, what it is. I, I don't, I don't quite know what it is for you. It's... Like-
2: you know, it's one of those things where, and I and I don't always catch it. I mean, that's the thing. I'm sure you've watched a TV show or a movie, and you're like, ah, uh, that's not right. You know, so I never
1: ever see this. Never they're see like, that. oh, that because like, like the whole. I didn't watch the Game of Thrones, but like that. You should coffee watch cup all thing, of my work. <laughs> like I would have never noticed that coffee cup. I would have known yeah. When they're like, oh, they're you know one in this shoot. There's a thing here, and then when they flip yeah. this shirt, it's a not there. A different shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm never the person ever going to be that person that recognizes that detail. Look, people
0: people do catch it though. Yeah. So.
2: I notice a lot with light, like, sometimes it'll be two people having a conversation, and, like, they'll cut from one side to the other, and then they'll cut back, and then the light, there's, like, there was no light before, and now there's light on the person, oh, and, it, well, and it, could be na- it could be natural. Now, now I'm, I'm going to be- notice
0: that stuff, yeah, but I sure would have never even thought about it before. Yeah. It's, it is, <laughs> uh, but
2: attention to detail is great because, again, people do notice it. I think it also shows a high level of quality uh, in what you do. I mean, you know there are filmmakers out there that just have almost killed themselves. I mean, you know, when Francis Ford Coppola made Apocalypse Now, I mean, he literally thought about killing himself, you know, and he financed the movie uh, on his own after a while and took out like a I don't know. He owed like Chase Manhattan Bank like thirty million dollars. Oh my gosh! Wow. I feel like I should watch it. If yeah. I'd paid it off, so. uh, Yeah, he's paid it off. <laughs> but, but people have literally like gone to the ends of the earth to to get things done with film because they care so much about the story. They care so much about you know delivering such a great product. And yeah. so
1: um, I, I feel like that's something that you have and that you're able to offer locally here to people in Ohio that you know you're you're giving that quality. You're giving the that, LA New York. Style yeah. And, like, and it's right here yeah. and you don't see like, you know, it's easy to hire somebody to shoot a video. And even we talk about from a marketing perspective, it's like, you know, just grab your phone and you've got the camera in your pocket. And you know, we've tried to shoot videos on our phone. I know you have for, a I do it, well. but you know, but,
0: if I want something done well, I know yeah, you to call.
1: <laughs> <exactly>.
0: <laughs> um, so on that note, since this is a marketing podcast and we have about fifteen minutes left here, I know time flies. Um, you know, we've done a whole episode on, on video for marketing and you know, you see articles all the time about like so much ROI on video marketing and every business should be doing video marketing for XYZ reasons. So and, and we know this, those reasons, but from your perspective, like why do you think video marketing is so powerful and why do you think it's blowing up like in the recent years, like or just speak to about video yeah. marketing, however you want. <laughs>
2: well, I, th- I think the, the one thing is, you know, and as cheesy or as weird as this comes off, you know, people have always said, like, a picture says a thousand words. And if you're looking at a video in a standard 24 frame, you know, per second uh, frame rate, you know, every minute of video is giving you, like, almost a million and a half words. Right. You know, you're getting all these emotions yeah. out. And again, like you said, that can be from a cell phone communicating a message it can be from you know the avengers it's whatever um why do i think it's important because i think in this day and age people want to know who they're buying from Mm -hmm. they want to hear a great story they want to know what they're buying is of quality but also of ethics so like the first job that i did when i came back was for people i went to elementary and high school with who own a farm and they were trying to go, I guess, uh, more, like, organic. Mm -hmm. They weren't doing, like, roundup on any of their crops. They weren't doing hormones. They weren't doing any of these things. And that was a great story. And Mm -hmm. I wanted to promote that because I think they're trying to do things the right way. Mm -hmm. Um, They even had, like, some people that they knew uh, kind of not, I don't want to say, maybe, like, be a little bit more critical. Like, well, just do it the the traditional way. Well, the traditional way anymore is, like, using chemicals and hormones. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um i think I think companies are are well aware that you know it doesn't take a lot anymore to to create a commercial. It doesn't take a lot to do a social media campaign in the way of video. You can do it on your cell phone or you can hire a professional mm-hmm. um But either way, you can be out there, you can be seen. The face behind, I guess the man behind the curtain can now be in the forefront. Right. And you feel like you connect with those people. Mm -hmm. Um, Or you're going to have somebody like we've done with you recently and talk about testimonials. You're Mm going to have the client say why you're so great. Mm -hmm. There's a number of ways you can do it, but hearing great stories... I think is is a key to marketing your business.
0: Oh yeah, storytelling has been been huge in business, and originally it was just through blogs and written word, but now people are kind of realizing, wait, we can do this through visuals as well. And I always say too, your my eyes. If I'm at a restaurant, for instance, and there's something there's a TV here in the corner, it has nothing on it that I care about. Like it, you know, it's it's a they're just showing Sports Center or something. It's not even like a game or something. I'll find myself just like staring off at the TV because. All of our generations um, kind of grew up watching TV all the time. Like, you know, you came home from school, you turn on the TV, you watch movies and stuff like that. And then so your eyes are kind of drawn to that motion and picture on a screen. So it's the same w- way on a website, I think. It's the same way on Facebook when you're scrolling through and I see something moving. That's what catches my eye, not just, like, a static word, which, you know, I, I'm a reader too, so don't want to, like, put that down either. But just... The way we've been conditioned like most people who are alive today basically <laughs> are conditioned when they see a screen with movement on it their eyes are going to be drawn to it yeah um more so than than not so yeah
2: and i think it can be a great way you know to showcase your products as we've seen and i'm not saying that it's right or wrong or whatever but in the age of influencers you know mm-hmm. uh whether it's kids unboxing gifts, uh, or you know, sending it to somebody, like That's a crazy it, it, thing. it's crazy. But it it it's okay. gaining a ton of attention.
1: My know? daughter when she was not not recently, um, but when she was a baby, like not a baby, but whatever, of whatever age, but she would watch those videos, like the unboxing of like or like the Easter eggs. And they would like unwrap these Easter eggs. And now she's into like more crafty videos, okay. so she watches like. This lady who, like, paints squishies. But she'll come to me. Like, I don't watch them. And sometimes she's like, Mom, I need you to get this paint and this thing. And I'm like, Whoa, I don't. Let's. <laughs> I gotta watch. And then I gotta watch this. And the next thing I know, it's like, the one girl that she was watching. You spent, she, like,
0: a whole weekend watching a crafting YouTuber. I did because she
1: was into this, like, it was, like, thrift store upgrades. And so, like, next thing you know, we're at. But I was like, Oh, you know, we'll go to Goodwill. We spent five dollars on a shelf and a jewelry box that she was gonna redo and but then I had to go to the craft store and spend forty dollars on primer and gesso and paint brushes and everything but else she was so influenced she by was, that video yeah she was I mean, so pumped about yeah, it exactly and I, imagine,
0: imagine if that was another format even just like uh blog posts with just pictures parker wouldn't have been as into it had it not been well she i mean something. she doesn't have
1: that like that's the thing about with my kids at least and i think a lot of my friends kids too Is like they don't have instagram accounts they don't right. have facebook accounts but, but they, have they YouTube, can watch how youtube
0: videos. Right. yeah, and,
1: yeah. You know, i try to make sure that it's nothing i mean i trust my son to not watch anything inappropriate i don't trust my younger to not just you know it keeps playing and it's like the next up, next up and then next thing you know she's down a rabbit a hole. rabbit hole of something not so great she's in a conspiracy <laughs> yeah. <theory>. but, you <laughs> know, you, I, I mean honestly it's like mom if you heard of the illuminati <laughs> <laughs>
2: youtube is like the greatest uh teacher now you mm-hmm. know i mean who how to videos how to she wants to learn how to draw and she watches yeah.
1: drawing videos yeah. on youtube all the time yeah.
2: it's it's how to videos it's um you know learning about anything right you know? yeah you and can it's, learn it's about, a great exactly. resource i mean not that it doesn't have its you know shortcomings just like facebook and social media mm-hmm. again i get as mad at the media as anybody else um but I think it's how you use it and mm-hmm. what's, what situation do you put yourself in. And I think, again, YouTube is is great. It's great for young filmmakers out there. It's great for anybody that wants to do anything. I mean, our beer web series is on YouTube and Facebook. It's the way we reach people.
0: Right. So yeah, that's what that's, uh, doing. I was about to ask before you we, before we have to wrap up um, here, but... Talking about marketing your own business and and doing that through like the Brew to You series and and other ways, or if you and at the end of that, you know, if you want any advice from from Chelsea and I or any marketing questions, we're happy to happy to offer some if we have any good ideas. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm always open. I think that's the one thing about my business. You know, I've been very lucky in that I've um, I've gotten a lot of referrals from people. I've mm-hmm. had people reach out. I've made connections, and and sometimes the most unlikely people will reach out, or it's somebody who knew somebody but um yeah i mean that's the one thing I, I i spend so much time with
0: other people's business it's like how do you market your own right so yeah oh okay well so you have so much video content and i mean video oh,
1: we're, we're doing this
0: yeah video. i thought
1: we were talking about to you i was excited I was, okay i was talking we'll,
0: we'll talk to i have a thought on to you too but um we have you have so much video content, and video is obviously a cheat code for like Facebook and Instagram advertising. Like I know that, like that's the reason that I get all these. I do these videos, whether it's me or you doing them. Um, so I would use those for sure. And I think I've seen an Instagram ad for down the road recently, but it's linked to your profile instead of like a form where someone could like contact you or something like that. Um, so I would give them more of a direct way to talk to you instead of just, like, see your profile. Because I went to your profile, and it's not like... It doesn't have a ton of, like, work showcase stuff, you know? Um, so sorry for being a little critical of that. No, but that's, that's okay. It's, <laughs> it's welcome, believe me. <laughs> so, yeah, you have so, but you have so much video content. You can use that on Facebook and, and Instagram. And what you can do on, on Facebook, and I'll try to... We can talk about it a little more in-depth afterwards because I, I can get pretty creative with the stuff is you can create an audience that's watched like 25% of your video and then you can create a lookalike audience of that so that's just people who look like those people who watch 25% of the videos so then the next ad you can target that lookalike audience so they're instead of just targeting people who are interested in business or something it's actually people who engaged people similar to people who engaged with your last video. So I keep doing that with rentware videos where I'm creating these like more narrow and more narrow look like audiences. So somebody who viewed this page look audience. Somebody who watched fifty percent of this video look like audience. So doing a lot with those and then or just like driving people down the like so you start with like a sample of your work and then if they watch 50% of that then they get to see a testimonial video say of me saying like, yeah, hey, download productions is great. They did all these videos and then if they watch 50% of that video, then you do another video of, like, really strong call to action of, like, sign up for, uh, you know, whatever, get, use our services. So I would use social media advertising as much as you can. And I do, with RentWare, I spend $5 a day on Facebook and get really great results.
1: I'm going to fall back a couple episodes where we interviewed Christina wyrick of the North Canton Chamber. And she had so many great ideas of connecting. She's um, She works for the North Canton Library. She's the media outreach person or the community outreach manager yeah, yeah. for the North Canton Library. And then she's also the board chair for the North Canton, North Canton Chamber. Chamber. She's Congress involved now. with the North Canton Chamber. Yeah, yeah, so she's super involved in North Canton. And she's super, um, you know, she believes and and she really lives in those networking events and, and creating, you know, a community because she loves North Canton so much. Um, she loves the vibe here. She wants it to be you know like this. She, a, calls, she calls it Star- Star- Hollow. Stars Hollow. Yeah. Um, and like so yeah, else, yeah, like and that's just what she sees, and that's you know the life that she lives, and she loves it so much. Um, but I think about her and what she's doing, and what an opportunity um, for a connection like that to happen. Um, you know where you're kind of yeah, I would, giving back to the community, is... like you know she does. There's a there's a, like a I don't want to say tip club, but there's some kind of like mm-hmm. It's not like a rotary, but there's some kind of chamber events. There's so many different things within the chamber and within, um, even the library, they do, um, every year they do the how-to festival. Um, so they're always looking for people to come in and say like how to start Shoot your own gardens, start, to you yeah. You yeah. whatever, it's like, you know, it's yeah. Neat. Um, and you're just getting, you know, you're, they're getting hundreds of, of people within their community coming into the library. Sure. And then, you know, whether or not they can come to that, they're always advertising those types of events. Um, you're in their flyers, you're in their booklet. Those booklets are still probably available at the library um, and any materials that, yeah. that are, are connected there. So she and the library in and of itself, I think, are great resources. Okay. Um, That's cool. Both the chamber and... And it's funny because I think about, you know, TKG and, you know, we both kind of got, our, Connor and I both got our start there. Mm-hmm. Uh, not our start, but... You know, I got my start. You got your you, start there. Yeah. <laughs> I existed there <laughs> for a period of time in my life. Um, but, you know, I feel like it was really, like, it was my first agency job. Sure. Um, but I know that Jeff Carter firmly believes, too, in his, you know, their commitment and their partnerships with mm-hmm. the Chambers and the the work that they've gotten through. Um, various connections within the chamber, both, you know, obviously they have other aspects of life that they're partnering with, um, but I think that's a within this community, within this area, a great resource that's maybe untapped or overlooked. Definitely in um, your industry, you're, you're too. you're connecting like, with, like, yeah, even, I mean, that... that
0: Like, he shows up and says, I'm a, I make videos for business or whatever, and people are like, Yeah, I'm trying to think what? there was what? just... Like, that's there was cool. A just, <laughs> like,
1: Christina literally just... For, like, I just saw something today on Facebook that okay. she... I'll look it up after we're yeah. done, um, commented that she's doing it. It was like then a live after five or something okay. like that. And it's, you know, it's kind of a networking event, sure. but it's also kind of like, a. and if you're social... afraid of
0: networking, like Chelsea and I are, her advice was bring a friend. Yeah, so. <laughs> no.
2: I've, I've actually done a lot of networking. I was very involved before I moved to New York with the uh, Jacksonville Chamber of Commerce. Okay. And, um, yeah, that was that was a great experience. Um, since I've been back, I just haven't done as much. But we'll we'll definitely have to talk about that uh, when we were talking about. You guys had mentioned Brew to You. Uh, it's the web series that uh, I produce um, with my cousin Michael Fisher, who's the host, and it's a really really uh, cool. You know, web series about beer and, and business owners and, and people with just really cool jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, but our largest one that, as far as an audience goes, has been the one with the barrel room in North King. Yeah, right down the road, And yeah. so, obviously, I know that this is a very tight-knit community. Um, but it's been an amazing experience to work with, you know, family member, but also it's, it's one of those things we're just hoping starts to generate money because, right. you know, it can't last forever if it
0: doesn't. So. Exactly. And I, so I was going to mention, because we kind of talked about that and we joked about like getting Trey Anastasio on there from Fish uh, when I mentioned <laughs> he was coming to Canada and all that stuff. But, um... And so, you know, our podcast is Drunk Marketing. Your video series is Birdie You. But I just saw um, Rand Fishkin, who's a big influencer in the marketing world and someone that I reference a lot, and Chelsea probably thinks I have a crush on, or at least you've, like, mentioned that you think I have a crush on. I, I mean, you
1: can have professional <laughs> crushes on. But anyway, so he, I saw him <laughs> mention
0: um, most content marketers think that content creation is for, like, you talk about your product in a way that um, your audience will buy it. But a lot, what a lot of people miss out on is making content that just interests your audience that's not necessarily 100%. So, like, you're not selling video work with brew u you, but you're making, you kind of are because you're making a video, but you're making a video series about something that your audience might be interested in, drinking beer yeah. at local establishments. Yeah. But or that like, could be a
1: great audience when you're talking about Facebook and you're talking about looking right. at audiences. So you're kind of capturing this group of people who are interested in craft beer or, or the process of, of craft brewing and mm-hmm. startups yeah. or anything like that. and then.
0: But like a lot of content marketers, so it's a long game, like you said, because you have to make money eventually, and sometimes the money runs out. Yeah. But I just saw MailChimp, which is obviously like yeah. a huge marketing software as a service um, company, they started a podcast hosted by the former front woman of this band called Garbage, I yeah. think, um, and she interviews artists about you know creating like like artists, It has nothing to do with email at all. Yeah. But they decided that this is what our audience is interested in, their creators. Who was
1: the lead singer of Garbage? Now I need to look that up. Just, just go to
0: Mailchimp.com. I, I just keep thinking of Courtney Love, but that was whole, yeah, not garbage. Whole. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. just go to Mailchimp.com, and they had it, because I was making an email on there.
1: You but, know,
2: and I and I think that that's exactly right, is that ours is always about the story. The, really, the genesis for Brew to You was um, my love of, uh, I really loved, um, and I still do, comedians in cars getting coffee. Oh, and yeah. I am kind mm-hmm. of a horology nut, not, not like to the level of a lot of people, but like with watches and stuff. Um, there's a, a website called Hodinki, and they had a talking watches show, which mm-hmm. is, again, it's not selling anything. You know, Jerry Seinfeld's not selling these comedians, but you're just telling really cool stories in these environments, right. and, and they're talking about people's watch collections, which was of interest to me. It's not going to be for everybody. And I knew my cousin would be great in front of a camera, so it was like, hey, you know, you love beer. You're very knowledgeable about it. Let's find some cool people that have great jobs. Uh, maybe they run, like, something like the Barrel Room. Maybe they own a brewery. brewery yeah. Or maybe they just have a really interesting job. Like, Aaron Cunningham was our third episode who played for the Indians, and now he makes furniture in oh, Cleveland. okay. Cool. So he does, like, custom furniture and things mm-hmm. like that. And he's So he's got a really interesting transition and loves to drink beer. So... Um, You know, that's kind of how we came about. Sponsorship, though, could come in a number of different ways. (laughs) But it's where do you find those people? Right. Yeah,
0: exactly. I hear you. But, yeah, I I love the idea of making content for your audience just to enjoy it. But it's a lot easier when you're MailChimp and you have investors and, and, you know, all that stuff. So um, (laughs) I think a
1: great tie into to to the the BrewDU market because a friend of ours, they own a food truck. In Pittsburgh, and they—that's like their bread and butter—is traveling around to microbrew like the microbreweries, with the small like startup breweries that don't have food yet, and that's their—they just kind of travel that path. That'd be a cool lot, like angle to, so,
0: you food and. Well, bread yeah. and I
2: don't think it necessarily has to be, uh, you know, my cousin, the host. He—he's always saying like, you know, Melt's never going to sponsor the show if we're interviewing the Winking Lizard. And I don't think that's true because Acura sponsored comedians and cars getting coffee, and they never drove an Acura. Yeah, they didn't have you know, to drive an Acura. It, you know, with talking watches, you know, this week it's Tudor, this next week it's, it's never Rolex, but it's another watch company, and they may never mention that watch. It's just about, they're there. Right, you know? right yeah, So we're exactly. trying to break down sponsorship in that way, and hopefully, again, maybe we get a show sponsor. and right. There's, you know, 200,000 pairs of eyes on it next season. Right. <laughs> that would be cool. We're,
1: we're trying to.
0: There you go. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're... <laughs> we shout
1: out and, and tweet to a lot of, of places that we <laughs> mentioned during the, the podcast and give out free advertising, too. Yeah, so
0: we, do, we do our it's best. It's hard when tonight.
1: you're talking about marketing. You're talking about great marketing campaigns, and you're, like, talking about this great brand that did a great campaign, but, like, they're and never they going to any free, money. Free
0: publicity <laughs> Let, Let's talk about trade, maybe, <laughs> on
2: the, after the show. Maybe we can do something. So. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. So I guess, you know, we're, we're running out of time. So, you know, if, if someone was listening to you today and how would they and they want to do a video project, how would they get a hold of you? Sure.
2: Well, I mean, you're always more than welcome to go to the website, which is dtrp.co. Uh, you can reach out on Facebook or Instagram. I mean, those are, you know, I guess there, there's really no landline anymore. It's not the days of old, (laughs) but you know, the website or social media, you're more than welcome to message us. We're very responsive, uh, myself or the team that works with me and, you know, we'll, we'll sit down and chat. And again, you know, I think again, everybody's got a great story. Um, I heard something one time, uh, there was a, a gentleman named Spalding Gray who used to do a tour. It was like a one-man monologue, but he also did this thing where he'd do a whole show based upon everybody in the audience. Because he said, everybody's interesting. Everybody's yeah. got a story. Mm-hmm. So that was like the show. You know, you're going to like learn about a guy four rows down. Like, Right, yeah. yeah. That's bizarre. Yeah, but, but I like it. Uh, I think every business, every person, you know, they've made it a journey. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, whether it's Chelsea or Rentware or whatever, it's, it, it's something that everybody's going to want to listen to.
0: Yeah. Heck yeah, that's a nice, another profound statement that we can, I think, end on it. Um, <laughs> it was going to
1: be way better than the fact that I looked up the fact that Shirley Ann Manson was the lead singer of Garbage. <laughs> okay, yeah, and she's, and she's the host of this podcast, though. So if you're interested, and she, I think she
0: talked to, like, Andre 3000, because they're based in, like, Atlanta, so it seemed like a pretty cool um, thing they went, the adventure they went down, so... Anyway, yeah, that was, so you've listened to a couple of these podcasts, you know, we have, we have an ending, so we're gonna include you in this on, on this, (laughs) so, um, this is Drunk Marketing, I'm Connor, I'm Chelsea, I'm Andrew, cheers!